the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. And Seb. Hey, everybody. As ever, this is the Free From The Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and things from the offline game which uh, are of interest to us. And kicking us off is the information for the Avison Restored pre-release. What's new, gentlemen? Um, I mean, it's really nothing special or exciting. There's no, we have no digital hell vault to speak of, uh, but... Uh, it is fun. We'll get the new set available to us starting not after this downtime, but the, the next downtime, starting on Thursday. We will have the pre-release sealed uh, queues as well as draft queues available. And uh, it's kind of typical. It's the 30 tickets uh, for the reduced pre-release prize support and then 20 tickets to draft for 4 2 one, one. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's it's the same kind of breakdown as it's always been for pre-releases. So if you are a fan of those, then go ahead and jump in. If you feel like the price is too high and you want to wait, then, uh, you know, wait a week, and then we'll have the release events properly. I'm actually considering this. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. I would like to do an experiment and see the abil- what the ability is like to recoup your cost with the... Uh, the high card values that we typically see during the pre-release time. So I think I may try like one or two of these events to see, even with the reduced price support, do the values of the cards make up for that, and can you make your money back? I think I might experiment with that this time. We'll see. Because mm-hmm. I've been curious, but I didn't want to try it with Dark Ascension, because any small set, you're going to get some of the big set in there, which really cuts into your value. But being a complete big set, I think this might be a worthwhile time to try that. Interesting. Yep. We look forward to hearing how that pans out. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I've been curious for a while, and so figure I can throw away a handful of tickets and see what happens. Yep. Um, in somewhat related to that, although it won't go into effect yet, we have some information about how sets are going to be released on Magic Online and how that's going to be changing. Hmm. This is um, was written by a former PureMTGO columnist turned uh, Wizards employee, Ryan Spain. Um, oh. Shrinking the gap. It's um, starting with the return to Ravnica. Um, essentially, what they're going to do is cut down the um, uh, time things turn up on Magic Online from the pre-release uh, by a week and then have the Pro Tour after it's been on MTGO for a week. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes it makes some sense. It makes perfect sense, really. But some sense is, is my uh, is my yeah. middle ground. I mean, I I thought the article was great. It really speaks a lot to what everyone's doing or every, everything we everything we've wanted to see for a while. Yeah. Um. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad they found a 
a bit more of a balancing act between, you know, maintaining uh, control of the release of information about the new set, but also cutting down on the dead time that exists between Magic Offline and Magic Online. So now basically we have, in three consecutive weekends, you would see uh, the paper pre-release, then you would see the paper release the following week, and then the week after that we get the Magic Online pre-release. So it's a lot to integrate those and really, like I said, cut into that downtime. I think the biggest change, and that's really cool, is that we'll actually have the new set available on Magic Online before it's Pro Tour, um, which I'm, which I think is great. I agree. Um, that's that's a huge change in my opinion, um, and one that I'm very glad to see. Yeah, uh, to say the least. Yeah, and I think it it really speaks to one of the things they talked about is like is you don't want to see people. You want to showcase these new cards, especially in like the Pro Tour. And if people don't have the opportunity to test with it on Magic Online, it's, it's really going to cut into how much they're willing to risk. Because Magic Online really lets you get a high volume of testing happening, which gives you a better chance to figure out if a card is actually worthwhile. Because I think we've seen in the Pro Tours in the past, when sets come out and then there's a Pro Tour shortly thereafter, you tend to lean on a deck that's already established, it's already known to be good, rather than take this somewhat untested variable into the mix. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be it'll be good press for the new set, essentially. We'll see how they take it. Yeah, and then the other bit of uh, cool news is basically just to, to that they talk about is essentially it looks like. Um, the Magic Online cube will be there to fill the gap. So during those dead times that we have where there's not doesn't seem like oh, there's a whole lot to do because standard has changed in real life but not on Magic Online, well, now that seems like the perfect opportunity to dump the cube onto the community so that we are distracted from the fact that we can't play real standard or real block or any of the points. Yep. Which is pretty cool. You know, I don't know if uh, I I love the cube. I've only gotten to do one cube draft thus far. I'm hoping to do. Oh no, take it back. I've done two. Um, I just tried to forget one because it went so badly. <laughs> but uh, not not all cubes end all square. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a fun. I mean, I think it's one of the most amazing yeah. things we've had on had a Magic Online in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a great change. And not only that, like. Uh, the logic is something that we really need to keep keep our eye on, right? So it's one thing to be like, oh, like this is why we're, we're just gonna give you guys this. Don't complain. But this is more of like, look, this is something we've been looking at, something we've been thinking about, something that we're trying to like fix and work on. And in terms of decision making, to have that type of insight from which is the coach is something that I, I appreciate one, and I think everyone else should as well. Yeah. 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 And I don't know how much I mean, he doesn't really say, but I feel like you know, with Ryan making this announcement, I feel like he might have had a hand in it to a degree because he is such he is a player, a Magic Online player first, I feel like. So he knows, he's like you know, we all have those ideas, it's like, well why don't they do this and this, and we, it would be so much better if they do this. Well, he's in a position to affect change um, with the mind of a Magic Online player. Yeah. You know? Because like, I just feel like this is something like, if you just kind of thought about it for a while, you'd be like well, I mean, this is a good way to strike a balance for Wizards, but it's good for Magic Online players, and I'll certainly appreciate it. And so I feel like he could, you know, being in the position he is working for the company, be like, hey, why don't we try this? And then once you get some people on your side, you build a little uh, support, then uh, 
yeah, it just looks like an idea that came from a player to me, I guess. I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. Good way of looking at it. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Which is why I, I'm personally, I think it's a great idea, and I'm assuming most people do, but I'm sure there's someone out there who will find a reason to explain why this is a terrible announcement and the end of Magic Online as we know it. To the person out there, we're listening. We're just not necessarily, uh, well, there's a little bit of a smirk on our face. Yeah. It's not that we're not taking you seriously. It's just the, yeah. Yeah, if you can, you know, take off your tinfoil hat and step outside your house and explain your arguments, then we will listen. I would the the one one thing I do have to say uh, with regards to this is that we can just like speed it up a little bit more would be great right because the the idea of having like in an ideal world I feel um the MTGO the Magic Online pre-release is the paper launch weekend I think it's like the ideal situation and then you have the MTGO launch by the FNM yeah. Uh, that's just that's just my uh, opinion. Yeah, and that and that would be ideal for us certainly. I th- I understand Wizards' concerns. Like, a, they don't want to, uh, you know, for those people that do play both paper and online, you don't want to force them to choose. Like, do you want to go to launch events or do you want to play on the pre-release weekend? And also the concerns about releasing the set and making sure it's appropriately beta tested. Because I don't think uh, anyone wants to go back to the time when sets weren't properly tested and various cards would crash the server for hours. Oh, you mean you mean like how cryptic command still doesn't work in modern? Yeah, just all sorts of madness. Or like I'm just talking about like I remember the days of dark when Darksteel came out and there were just all sorts of cards that would literally just crash the system, and then it'd be down for hours, and then it would come back, and then someone cast said card again, and it would crash for hours. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember cards that crash the event, and yeah. you're uh, not doing well on the event. Have this card in your sideboard, cast it, crash the event. Yeah. Yeah, refund. I mean, I would I would rather ha- have to wait an extra week than to ever go back to to those the dark times of those days. One last bit of uh, news we've got is the um, fourth annual Eric Freeborg Community Cup coming this fall. They're shifting it from a summer to an autumn schedule. Um, they've got some really big plans for it, which we are not currently party to. Uh, they're very excited. We're pretty excited. Let's see if we can retain it. To, um, uh, well, the second time it's under Eric's name. So uh, yeah, the, let's see what we do. Yeah, the community's won every, all of these events, right? Pretty much. Yeah, as I recall. Yeah, I mean, I feel it's a little... I feel there's some programmer uh, programmer over there who's, like, tweaking the art a little bit. I saw some of those, like, replays. Not the replays, necessarily, but some of the... Uh, um, con- like the postings on like what went down, and I was just like, that's just impossible. How how'd you pull that out? <laughs> also, multi ball, multi ball. It was just a poor idea. Certainly worked in our favor though. I mean, because we always. Oh no! I mean, I love it. I I got a lot of free stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that set of dark steel relics and manner of stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty much got, it's gotten bigger and better every year, both in terms of what they do for the people participating, as well as uh, the prizes awarded to the community uh, as a result of it. So it's pretty exciting. I'm not sure why they switched it from the summer to the fall, but you know they have their reasons. I don't know. I'm just, quite frankly, I'm glad they're just keeping it going and that they still have it. Um, and I'm excited to hear more information about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
So we'll see what comes of that, uh, and we'll keep you updated on any new information that we have related to the Community Cup as it gets rolled out. Yep, we look forward to seeing who's on the team this year and uh, making sure that they live up to the reputation of the teams in the past. Absolutely, yeah. Got to keep that trophy home. All right, well, uh, that kind of wraps up. Speaking of which, where is the trophy kept? Um, I would assume it's at uh, Wizards headquarters, but it's probably just got like, I'm pretty sure they kind of like, you know, like with the, what is it, like the Stanley Cup or whatever, you just like etch the names like in there for the champions. Is that how, that's how the Stanley Cup, I don't know, I don't know much about hockey, so I'm just vaguely remembering that. I was just wondering if there's like a, there's a small budget to ship the trophy from member to member every two months. Like, like yeah, like in, I think the Stanley Cup, they walk around with it and they pass it on. Drink out of it. And, and, yeah. You know. That's, that's what I'd do. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, I'm just guessing. That's That would be my hunch. But, yeah, we could start a small fund, a shipping the trophy fund. Okay. Uh, well, that's pretty much all the news we have for you this week. It's kind of light until uh, things come out. Um, as far as prices go, just kind of glancing through things, not a lot has changed. Uh, Delver stuff is still kind of expensive. A few things have slid a couple small percents here and there, nothing significant, mostly because we're just in that weird downtime and this is, you know, prices don't really go anywhere until the new set comes out or a new deck comes out. We really haven't had either of those. So uh, more of the same. We'll keep you updated on uh, some new prices once apps have restored uh, hits into the system, unless something crazy weird happens and we get something else. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, we have our question of the week. And the question for this week is, what do you listen to uh, while you're playing uh, MTGO? Uh, Sebastian, I know you, you typically rock a lot of music while you're playing. Anything in particular? Oh, yeah. So, true story is that different sets to me remind me of different songs. And so, if I were to go back to when Ravnica was coming out, I remember I was listening to a lot of System of a Down, that type of really like hard rock music. Um, really grunge music uh, nowadays i listen to more like mellow stuff uh, more mainstream stuff uh, and a lot of bass hunter actually I, i've been listening to dota while i've been playing all my video games and so like and and in bots and whatnot so uh you know music is one of the things i really enjoy listening to while playing magic um i do pause the music when i'm thinking though so but, but i'm thinking most of the time so it's, it's it comes and goes mm -hmm. all right cool aj any particular Oh, all sorts. Uh, my musical brain, my musical tastes range from uh, Packlebell's Cannon to Prodigy's Firestarter. Um, well, at least it doesn't range from Packlebell's Cannon to Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit too far, yeah. even for my taste. Um, I, I got so mad at myself. Actually, uh, the other day on the radio, I heard this song come on, and I thought it was a new Justin Timberlake song at first because it kind of sounded like his like style, and then I realized about 20 seconds in it was a Justin Bieber song. It's your age. Oh man! You're hearing. You're hearing. I'm. They have. I actually think they both have a very similar style. Like the kid's very talented. Like don't get me wrong. Like uh, you have to be talented to be able to be that good. Yeah. To be, to be that over your time. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, As for myself, I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of all over the board too. Cause it really just depends. I get into like weird grooves, and just, like, there, there are various, some albums I'll just want to listen to over and over again. Um, 
which, I mean, the easiest time to do that is when I'm playing Magic. Um, lately, it's been, like, Peter Gabriel and John Mayer and weird stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But it's, it's good, I, I just, it's good I, just, like, chill music while I'm playing. In terms of the funniest thing I've ever heard on a stream, it has to be there's, just, there's people who listen to K-pop, which is Korean pop music, um, while playing. I just like, what? <laughs> Why? Yeah. So. I'm sure they quite enjoy K-pop. Yeah, uh, no, I know, but I, I just think that's hilarious in and of itself. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, then again, I listen to like personal finance podcasts sometimes when I'm playing Magic Online. So if I streamed those, I'm sure people would be really confused. So how it's like goes. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 does uh, transferring into a Roth IRA have to do with uh, <laughs> with the latest standard deck? Yeah, this is this is silly. <laughs> they might, they might convi- confuse you with, <laughs> confuse your voice with the voice of a. Uh, of some economist from like Princeton. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I need to find a podcaster who sounds like me and is talking about a completely unrelated subject, and then like play that while streaming games. And you're like, what? <laughs> what is he going on about? Why? What? <laughs> that'd be awesome. All right, yeah, but I mean, if no, you guys, cool. yeah. yeah, if you guys have any good suggestions, what y'all enjoy listening to, give us some ideas. Um, what do you rock out to? Or chill out to you whilst playing Magic Online. I think quite speed to quite beats a bit of uh, two steps from hell whilst um, taking somebody's face off there. Yeah, there, there are definitely some decks that call for like some some hard hitting like power music. I've definitely uh, put on like the theme to like some Rocky theme songs while playing some decks. I'm just like, yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, speaking of. Uh, playing magic i guess that brings us to uh what you've been playing uh you guys gotten to play at all lately sadly no i've been i till i tinkered with a deck for um this saturday but regrettably couldn't get a chance to play it because of um connection issues which um fortunately got solved in time for the podcast but not in time for the weekend uh, usual things i go in for which is a pity yeah but then again the deck wasn't really doing that well so uh Oh, you never know. Crop could have won a uh, a playset of foil <laughs> color protection red. Yeah, could have <laughs> earned your own bounty. That would have been ironic and hmm, yeah, positively Morissettian. It'd have been even funnier if you were playing a deck with the four circle of protection reds, and you still managed okay. to lose and earn them lose all four rounds against red. Tricky, but <laughs> technically possible. Yeah, it is doable. I suppose you could have play, could have played a um, uh, shifting sky deck or um, painter's servant, and just had a um, suicide deck. Make all your opponent's deck red and play to lose. <laughs> That'd be one way to go about it. It's like, hey, he won, and he was playing a red deck. It's like, yes, because you made him play a red deck. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I did get to play in the event, luckily enough, um, at the time, so I made it out there. I managed to go uh, 4-1, which put me in 15th place overall, because there were were five rounds, but there were close to 100 people playing in the event, so there were several people who went 4-1 and and didn't make it, but it was still... Uh, not a big deal. I had a lot of fun, and I enjoyed it. Um, I was playing a weird variant of a deck. It, it kind of morphed over time. It was this Snapcaster Mage deck that I had built for Classic 
um, and tweaked around with early on in Innistrad and kind of left alone. And then I randomly opened it because I didn't feel like playing Shops or Oath. Um, and I opened up and looked over it and I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool deck. I kind of forgot about it. So I made some changes, tweaked a few cards here and there. And I thought I would have a lot of fun playing it. I did. Um, most of my wins came at the hands of just tinkering up a uh, Darksteel Colossus. I did have one uh, fun one where I, I got the uh, Voltaic Key Time Vault Lock. But the problem was I had dug through a large chunk of my library to get it. And I only had a Snapcast. I had one Snapcaster Mage left. And so I had to slowly beat my opponent down for two a turn when he was at like 26. And I, I had like two cards left in my library by the time I was able to attack him for down to zero. And also eight up... Yeah, and he had two brain cells left of patience left. Yeah. yeah. It was it ate up a substantial amount of my clock. Luckily, the next game, I managed to go turn two, mana drain, turn three, tinker for Colossus. So I didn't really need a whole lot of time on the clock. Um, but yeah, that was painful, because I had to sit there and figure it out. Um, I was like, how can I even win? Like, what can I do? And I was like, oh, I got one Snapcaster Mage left. Deck you for two, deck you for two, deck you for two. And stuff being paranoid, because I was sitting there, I was like, did I activate Time Vault? Did I forget? Like, am I going to get an extra turn? Is he going to untap and smash my face in with Batter Skull? Oh, I need that. You didn't need a few more turns. Yeah, exactly. Then I would have run out of cards. So, yeah, it was... Can you just yeah. stack a bunch of act- activations? I mean, I, I guess you can. I didn't I didn't think about that at the time, I was because I was just trying to be so meticulous about it. I was like, tap a land, tap key, tap Vault... Oh. F four attack, rinse and repeat. <laughs> like, because I was trying yeah, to. Also... If, if I if I was uh, if I was paranoid, I just I just did myself one more turn. Yeah. Just like I just safety net. Yeah, I, I could have thought, and like I know at one point, like I tinkered away my um, mana vault that was untapped, but just because the triggered ability every turn was like slowing me down that much more, I tinkered it away and didn't get anything because I needed all my cards in my library. I just wanted it off the field. So. Hey, it actually gives you an extra turn. So yeah, yeah. So it bought me a little extra time. So yeah, it was. A, but it, overall, it was a lot of fun. It was a it was a cool little event. I played a couple of like serious classic decks, and then a few just like people who were there to enjoy the event and have some fun. So, which I think most by and large looked like most people did. That's really good to hear. Yeah, which is the whole point, you know. So, uh, yeah. Sebastian, have you gotten to uh, play it all this week? Or? No, you're like in you're like in finals not. time, right? Yeah, no, I've been, I've been I've been I've been. I mean, to be fair, I haven't really been studying as hard as I should have. But yeah, definitely definitely far, finals times, a lot of packing, a lot of moving around, in and out. So it's it's, it's a little bit harder. But I haven't been able to play. It's been really unfortunate because I I had a deck ready for the PTQ, couldn't make time for that PTQ unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, in, in any case, like it's. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, so I've watched some of the replays um, of matches that took place in the room um, with regards to Hamilton. I really want to thank everyone for coming out to that. Um, it's 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 really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah, no, it's it's funny. You can see because um, especially for years when I just pretty much played almost exclusively limited. If you just look over my collection, you can identify the times where like school became a massive uh, priority, well over Magic Online, because just the number of like. <laughs> commons and uncommons I have that were really good in draft. Like, you can see, like, they go up, 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 and it's like, oh, and then they crash down. It's like, oh, that was grad school right there. <laughs> so, like, suddenly, like, the collection, just, like, the numbers just drop, and then you can see they come back up, and then they drop again. Yeah, nice. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I've, I've also been monitoring the uh, Hammybot this past week. Oh, yeah. How's the, how's the Hammybot doing? 
Harry Potter's doing very well for those guys who don't know. Um, shame on you. No, it's uh, for those of you who haven't haven't checked it out yet, please get a chance to check out Hammy Bot. So it's just literally, it literally is named Hammy H A M M Y B O T. Yeah, all one word. And, yep. All one word, and like it's it's, it's a nice mod. It's it's really doing well in my opinion. It's it's uh, we we left no tickets on the account when we started, so all the tickets you see are a direct directly correlated to the tickets that it's um, bought, basically. Uh, and in all honesty, because we have fractional tickets as well, it's we actually probably have a lot more than are currently on the bot. So uh, thank you for your guys' support. We're still debating on what, what to do about the misprints. Uh, we're definitely going to sell them to you guys in an auction format. We just don't know which auction format to use. Maybe a second bid, second price, silent auction, or something ridiculous. Probably not, but yeah, no, it's it is what it is. Last time I checked, I think there was like about fifteen hundred tickets on the bot. So if you guys can keep donating, that'd be great. Um, also note that there are basic lands if you really want to be a trooper and donate basic lands. Or so aren't the uh, the tickets on the account valued at like one point two five or something like that? So you you can basically, oh, yeah, no, so, basically buy tickets for tickets and then end up like making just a straight donation. If you want. Yeah, you can do that as well. I I, I like the basic land idea mostly because I like basic lands. Uh, but I, I bought myself about um, what was it fifty basic lands. In any case, yeah, if you buy the tickets there, tickets are valued um, roughly at one point two. Yeah. So you can make a straight donation that way as well. So, in any case, thank you for the support, guys, uh, and we'll we'll keep at it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I believe that kind of wraps up this week's edition. So. Uh... Check back in with you guys uh, next week. We'll hopefully have some good news, some fun announcements, and uh, who knows what all. All right. Until then. Yep. Goodbye. Next week. Have a good week, everybody.